this is the question that changed my life forever, which was, if your life was a book and you were the author, how would you want your story to go? And I asked myself that question when I lost both of my legs and I was laying in bed and I was 83 pounds and I was hooked to a dialysis machine and I felt completely out of control of my life and had no idea what my life was going to look like. But I thought to myself, what if I did have control? What would the rest of my story look like? Okay, I can't change what's happened to this point. But moving forward, if I did have control over the rest of my story, the rest of my life, what would I do? Who would I be? What would that look like? And that actually allowed me to visualize a whole new future for myself. I saw myself walking gracefully. I saw myself helping other people somehow. And I saw myself snowboarding again. I'm Doug Bopes personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today you're going to hear one of the most inspirational stories that exists because Amy Purdy is on the podcast today. And for those of you who don't know Amy, Amy is one of the top motivational speakers on the planet, sharing her incredible story of resilience to people all over the world. At the age of 19, Amy lost both of her legs below the knees and went on to become a New York Times bestselling author of her book, on my own two feet, from losing my legs to learning the dance of life. She is a three-time Paralympic medalist, and in fact, she is actually the most decorated adaptive snowboarder in Team USA history. Amy has toured with Oprah and was named on her Top 100 Thought Leader list. You may also recall seeing her grace the dance floor on national television as she was the runner-up on the TV show Dancing with the Stars, and she is now the host of a new critically acclaimed podcast all about grit and resilience called Bouncing Forward. So listen in as Amy shares how losing both of her legs led her to where she is today. There's going to be so many things that I think you're going to appreciate about this episode, one of which is that Amy is going to walk you all through a horrific tragedy that she encountered as a teenager that led her to losing her legs, and she was actually given a less than 2% chance to live. Amy also shares why nearly dying actually became a blessing. Amy and I chat about how she established belief in herself after losing her legs. We get in depth about how to utilize perspective and gratitude and why it's so game-changing during moments of adversity. Amy shares a quick mindset hack that she uses to boost her self-confidence that anyone can use. We also chat about a massive recent struggle that Amy has had and how she is dealing with it and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Amy Purdy to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Amy Purdy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And you know, you and I were talking for a few minutes um, before we recorded and I was like, we know we just better hit the record button because the conversation is just flowing so well. And, you know, pretty much what you and I were talking about was that, you know, today you're a three-time Paralympic medalist, you're a New York Times bestselling author. You have an amazing podcast called Bouncing Forward. You have competed in Dancing with the Stars, nearly won, done an amazing race. You're a keynote speaker. You have this incredible, incredible story. 
But a lot of this seems so insurmountable like 20 years ago for you based on your circumstances yeah. and everything you were going through. And there's a lot of people right now who might not directly relate to what you went through as far as the severity of it and the, and the physical ailments that it brought you and the mental health issues I'm sure that followed. But I think there's a lot of people that can relate, especially right now with having things in front of them that are incredibly challenging and having yeah. these massive setbacks in their life that they don't think they're going to get through. So what I would like to do, I guess, just to give the audience some context is some may be familiar with your story. Some, some may not like what was going on. I just kind of want to, I guess, summarize really fast, just that you were a massage therapist. You were traveling to people's homes. Like your dream, I think was to, to travel as a massage therapist and your passion was snowboarding and you would plan on getting into that. Then you were, you're 19 years old. And it seemed like you had come down with a severe case of the flu. You thought you were dying, but really it was something much worse. Walk the audience through that. You know, I thought I knew where my life was going and at least what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to snowboard. I decided to become a massage therapist the day after graduating high school so that I could have a job that would travel with me. So my plan was travel to all these beautiful ski resorts you know, basically be a ski bum, but be able to pay my way through it all. <laughs> and so I decided to become a massage therapist, fell in love with it. I, I just absolutely loved helping people, being able to travel, just being in this healing environment. And then suddenly uh, my life shifted overnight when I thought I had the flu. I was at work one day and I started to feel like I was coming down with the flu. And less than 24 hours later, I was in the hospital on life support. I was given less than a 2% chance of living. It wasn't the flu. It took five days to figure out what it was as I was fighting for my life. But it was something called meningococcal meningitis, which we have no idea how I got it. They say one in four people are carriers of this bacteria. So it's actually a fairly common bacteria. It's just not common to get sick from. Normally our immune systems fight it off. And for some reason, mine didn't. I came in contact with it. Somebody could have sneezed on me in the elevator at work and maybe that's how I got it. But due to this little microscopic bacteria, over the course of two and a half months, I ended up losing my spleen. I lost my kidney function. I lost the hearing in my left ear. And due to the septic shock my body went into, I ended up losing both of my legs below the knees. And so my life drastically shifted. And, you know, what we were saying before we started recording was I was talking about how, you know, we're in this massive shift right now where the world changed and we thought we wanted to go back and do exactly what we were doing before COVID. But now as we're all getting back into life again, I think a lot of us are realizing, you know, not only has the world changed, but we've changed and, and, and it's something that's kind of unexpected. You know, you think, no, I just wanted to go back to how things were, but by the time you arrive, you're so different that you don't want to go back to how things were. You know, you're ready to move forward and change in your life. And that actually happened with me when after I lost my legs because I wanted nothing more than to snowboard and also be a massage therapist. But then about a year after losing my legs, I went back to be a massage therapist. I went back to my old job. And the first day that I you know, put my hands on somebody and got back into this job that I just couldn't wait to get back to. I, I realized 
I was different. Mm. And as much as I wanted to come back and do that, things had changed. And I, and I this kind of whisper that, that was like, you did not survive everything you went through to come back and do this. You know, there's more for you. And this whisper was just so strong and it was just nagging and nagging. And, and I fought it because I kept thinking, no, this is everything I've, I've loved. All I wanted to do the entire time in the hospital was get back and massage. All I wanted to do, I, I trained all year learning to walk again, working out again every day just to work myself up to being able to massage again, because I would massage, I'd work on my feet all day long and walk down these really long hallways. I worked in Vegas and had to walk through all these huge casinos to get to the spa. And so I, I trained to be able to get back to what I knew and what I loved. And when I arrived, I realized I was different and there was more for me out there. So anyways, it's just kind of interesting flashing back to what I went through 20 years ago and what we're going through today, stepping back into the world and realizing, wait a second, maybe we don't want things as they were. Yeah. And I, and I think what's, what's interesting is, you know, I, I've heard you say a lot that your detour becomes your destiny. And I, I kind of say like your adversity becomes your advantage, like meaning like the times in your life that you think you're stuck, the times in your life you think you're being pulled back or having a setback. It's really something to pull you back so that you can become a stronger, wiser, better version of yourself to be able to go in whatever direction, God, the universe, the divine, whatever yeah. you call it is having you go to. And it's just, it's really inspirational. And we're going to get into other parts of your story because if people think that that was the only massive setback that's happened <laughs> in your life, it's, it's not, Yeah. but, but that you, you're given less than a 2% chance to, to live. I, if I remember correctly, you thought you had taken like your last breath. If you heard your last heartbeat when you were laying in bed, you lose both your legs, your, your father donates you a kidney, you, you lose your spleen. Then you go on to be this Paralympian have success there, do dancing with the stars, do the amazing race, write the book, do the podcast, do everything you're doing now. But there's a lot of people that when they have got, when they got out of that hospital and they lost their legs, they would have just kind of quit and maybe felt sorry for themselves and kind of rightfully. So I'm not saying that they're, that's not human nature. Cause of course it is when you have a, such a bad break like that, but you did it. You kind of took it and you embraced the victor mentality. So how did you do that? Like, how did you cultivate belief in yourself after being like knocked to the ground so hard at such a young age to be able to, to get up and move forward with your life to do what you yeah. did? It, you know, in a way, uh, it was challenging. Yeah. Yes. In a way, it kind of fell into place where it's not how do I explain it? It's not like I worked so hard mindset and learning what everybody else was doing. Like, how do I get through this? Right. I think some of the things that helped me get through my darkest days came somewhat naturally because I was surviving, yeah. right? I was in full survival mode. And in order to move forward, there are certain things that came into play that that helped me get through. I mean, for example, when I was in the hospital, I was fighting for my life and, and I was fighting for my body. I mean, I, I lost both my legs below the knee, had a kidney transplant, multiple organ failure. I almost lost my hands and my hands were just as bad as my feet. In fact, we thought I was losing my hands more than my feet. And then all of a sudden it turned around. I lost my feet and we saved my hands. And so there were moments like that where 
I felt so grateful. I realized that I, I mean, first of all, things could have been so much worse because losing my hands, I mean, it would be a completely different world. I think in reality for me, had I have lost my hands, I was a massage therapist. I played the piano. I painted. I needed my hands. And so to not lose my hands and to only lose my feet and to only lose my kidneys, even though that's so major and really hard to wrap your head around, it was hard for me to wrap my head around. I felt very blessed because I knew that things could be so much worse. And so it's all about perspective and moments like that put your life into perspective. That's why I say that was kind of a it was almost a natural thing when you're fighting for your life and you know you're facing the worst case scenario and to a degree the worst happened but it could have been even more worse that i was preparing myself for i realized things weren't that bad they weren't that bad and i can deal with what i was given and i also realized at that time i was the same person you know i, I woke up i was aware that i was losing my legs below the knee but I, when I woke up from that surgery, I was still me. I was still Amy. I still had the same dreams, the same goals. I just had to try to figure out how to accomplish them. I just had to figure out how to go after them. So, so that really began this kind of mission for me of being able to do the things I love and also feeling like, so when all of this happened, I was told, you know, to get meningitis, to get the type of meningitis I got, that you're more likely to be hit by lightning than you are to get this and survive it. And so it made me feel like, okay, then you're saying anything is possible. <laughs> what you're saying, anything's possible. The bad, all the crazy, you're more likely to be hit, hit by lightning than to get this. That's possible. But also it made me think, well, then maybe it's also possible that I can live the life I want to live. Maybe it's possible I can snowboard again. Maybe it's possible I can go back to work and be a massage therapist again. Like if the possibilities here are endless of what can happen in our life, then it's, it could be good or it could be bad. And so it, it kind of shifted my mindset and just made me think, okay, so what are the possibilities? What can I do on two prosthetic legs? And I really didn't have anybody else to look too, right? Like I didn't know anybody else, another woman that was my age or, you know, who had lost her legs or snowboarded or done the things or was a massage therapist or did the things that I wanted to do. So I really had to try to figure it out myself, but having the passions that I had, that's why I think passion is so important to do the things you love. That's what pulled me through. So wanting to snowboard again. That's what pulled me through to figure out a way wanting to massage again and get back to work. That's what pulled me through to figure out a way. And it really was just baby steps, just putting one baby step literally yeah. in front of the other and eventually kind of making it to the mountaintop. But you have to have the belief in yourself that you deserve to live a good life. You have to have the belief in yourself that you can do it. You just have to figure out a way to do it because when you know you can do it, whatever it is you want to do, maybe it is just walk again, or maybe it is snowboard. Maybe it could be anything, starting a business, whatever it is, when you feel it inside, I mean, that's telling you something. That's like your soul speaking to you. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to say, okay, you know, then let's figure out how to get there. And that's basically my mission, I think, has always been to find a way, to find a way to do the things 
that I have loved to do and and want to do and just putting one foot in front of the other and getting there. Yeah. And I, and I think probably what would happen, I mean, I'm just, I've never sort of had a near-death experience or I've never really had an intimate relationship. I don't think off the top of my head with somebody who has, but I would, I think just from hearing your story, you had pretty much counted yourself. I wouldn't say you counted yourself out because I know you were always, you were grasping on whatever you had to believe in like during that moment where you thought you were taking your last breath or having your last mm-hmm. heartbeat. But I think some at some level you expected to die. So when you found out that you were going to live and you were going to make it, you were like, wow, this is so much better than what my brain had perceived it to be in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, when I entered the hospital, I was given less than a 2% chance of living. They didn't know what I had, but they knew I had a massive blood infection. My white blood count was through the roof. In fact, I believe it, it made like medical history, like how high it was. It was like over a hundred thousand was my white blood count, which means I had this massive infection that was raging through my body. And, and I was in full kidney failure. In fact, the surgeon, when my parents arrived at the hospital, the night that I entered, the surgeon told my, my parents that he's never seen anybody pull out of kidney failure this severe before and to prepare because, you know, to say your goodbyes. And we actually had my family there all around me and friends saying their goodbyes and had a, a priest with his hand over me, giving me a prayer. And, you know, yeah. So before going into the coma that I was in, I, I thought that was it. And so then to, to wake up a few weeks later, I was so incredibly grateful to be alive. And and like I said, I, I, I was facing, to me, the worst was also losing my hands and my legs. And so to only lose my legs, especially below the knee, I felt incredibly, incredibly blessed. There's a lot of people who, who at that time, I, I remember my surgeon had said, you know, there's a lot of people within the first 24 hours of getting what I got, uh, meningococcal meningitis, who have to amputate above the knee, have to amputate their arms because the, you know, gangrene sets in. So I, I got very, very lucky to not have to have that happen. So I focused on the things that I had and I think that I had going for me, right? And I think that's what's I've done my entire life is focused on, well, what do I have? What can I focus on? What can I use? What is going good for me right now? And, and be just incredibly blessed and grateful for that, because that's so much more than, than what it could have been or, you know, what others face or what it may be. So it's interesting because sometimes people, you know, will hear my story, like that I lost my legs and my kidneys and the hearing in my left ear. And they're like, oh my God, I have nothing to complain about as if like my situation is like the worst situation. But then I, you know, I too feel that way when, you know, I look at what it could have been. It's like, oh my God, I like, I have nothing to complain about. I pulled out so lucky uh, to only lose my legs and my kidneys and the hearing in my left ear and my spleen. I really did though. I pulled out so lucky this entire time. And I've kind of gone into everything, looking at what I have versus what I don't have and, and being grateful for what I have. Even when I had my kidney transplant, that was to me, to be honest, worst case scenario. I, I did not want to have a kidney transplant. In fact, it was scarier for me than losing my legs because it's your health. And once you start messing with your health and taking immune suppressive medication the rest of your life, and you know, they 
they say a kidney transplant's not a fix. It's a band-aid. At the time I had my transplant, they only lasted for about nine years. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have, if I have to have a transplant, that means I'm in this for the rest of my life, taking medication and possibly more kidney transplants down the road. And it was terrifying for me, but I ended up having a transplant. My dad was almost a perfect match. And that's what actually made me want to do it. We mm. tested my whole family and ended up testing my dad and, and being almost a twin match. I thought, okay, you know, let's do this. And then I healed well. I never rejected. I was taking 30 pills a day of anti-rejections and everything else they gave me for about two years. It, it was what I didn't want to do, but I was so, so blessed to be healthy again, that my body accepted my kidney and so once again, that was a situation where I had to focus on like everything that I had to be grateful for, right? Like not bummed out that I had to have a kidney transplant, actually feel like absolutely blessed that I had the opportunity to have a kidney transplant, to be a good match with my dad, to live a healthy life again. And now we just celebrated our 20, 20th anniversary a few months ago. And I, I'm grateful every minute that I'm healthy and I'm strong. And so, you know, early on after losing my legs, I had no idea what my life was going to look like. I didn't know I'd go on to do, you know, some of these big things and accomplishments. I was just grateful for the basics, which was just to be healthy, to have my family, to um, be able to go back to the job I loved, massage, and continue to live a good life in it. And it comes down to making those choices to focus on what you have that is going good, that you do have you know, to be grateful for. And that honestly is what I think gratitude is, is the biggest thing that pulled me through those darkest days. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, you always hear the phrase, you know, somebody always has it worse and there probably are, but it's hard to, it's, it can be challenging to relate to that because I think everything's kind of relative based on what you've gone through. Right. It is. Right. So you're thinking of things that are worse than what you're going through. I'm thinking of things that are worse yeah. than I'm going through and people listening to this and so on and so forth. And that's why I love the kind of taking a tactical approach of where, okay, like, embrace gratitude because you can you can develop some sense of emotional connection to those things like really focusing on what you do have in your life because most people spend their time on things they can't control the things they don't have the money they haven't made the relationships they don't have and of course if you spend your time focusing on that side of the room you're going to be depressed you're going to be mm -hmm. anxious you're going to be pissed off you're going to be resentful and i'm not saying that, that life's always going to be peachy because surely it's not but if you can at least take some time and really develop some sense of awareness around the things that you do have in your life that are going good for you right. and, and really get deep on why it's going for good for you. I think it gives you a shot to win, but I think there's a lot of people that just, just by default, just fall into the prior and they're like, you know, this is what I have wrong in my life. I can't believe I can't do this. And then they just, yeah. they fall into this shame victim cycle and, and they, and it's, it's extremely hard to get out of that. We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun 
maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobes. Again, earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobes. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. It is, you know, and, and gratitude is a practice. So 20 years ago, it, it came somewhat natural because I almost died. So I was so grateful to be alive or I almost lost my hand. So I was so grateful that I didn't. Right. And so that came pretty natural, but really as time has gone on and as I've gotten older and dealt with more challenges in my life, I've, you know, sometimes it hasn't come natural. I haven't just woke up like, oh, I'm just grateful to be alive. You know, I've had to actually write, I've had to practice it. And so I started doing a gratitude journal where every morning I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And I, and it's especially hard to do this when you're in a bad time, you know, when life is heavy and when it feels like, you know, everything or things that are important to you have been stripped away. That's when you need it the most, right? That's when we need to actually write down like what is going right and not just right, but like, like, don't just think of the things, like feel the things, feel them, you know, as you're writing them down. And it, it totally changes the way you step into your day and the way you step into your world and how we set our minds up and our perspective, that changes everything, right? Even yesterday. So I was having kind of a rough day yesterday because I'm dealing with a major injury that I've been fighting for the last two years. And I've had 10 surgeries over the last two years as well. And I had a really kind of rough day yesterday where I actually got invited to, to speak at probably one of the biggest stages I've ever been asked to speak on. And I've spoke on the Oprah stage. So this is, this is comparable. This is really big. And as excited as I am yesterday, I was really doubting myself because of all I've been through this year. Just, I've been just fighting, fighting, fighting all these surgeries and setbacks. And, and then I, it just kind of hit me yesterday. Like I'm stacking, I'm in a space, you know, where I was yesterday of stacking all the things going wrong in my life on top of me and, and getting crushed under it. And, and now thinking I'm not good enough, even though I've been invited to the table, I don't now think I'm good enough to step forward because I've just been living kind of in the space of like challenge and setback. And, and so yesterday I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> what if I, what if I wake up and instead of thinking of all the challenges that are happening right now, think about almost like my highlight reel of who I am and what I've done and what's important to me and everything I've gotten through, all the little things, how, you know, all of a sudden I started to feel like, wait a second. No, I'm amazing. You know, I'm not broken. I'm amazing. Look what I've been through. Look what I've done. And, And even the little stuff, it doesn't even have to be the big stuff like Paralympic medals, but just the little stuff of, you know, this year I've, I've had multiple surgeries, but I've also launched a podcast and I've also run multiple uh, book clubs and I've also done a lot of virtual speaking. And it's like, these are all things that we 
I don't know. It's just very easy to stack all the negatives and get crushed underneath it. And we oftentimes forget to shift our perspective and think about, well, what, what's all the positives, you know, what's all the great things going on? What's all the great things that I've done? What are the little wins that I've had along the way? And when you stack all those things, all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, like you see the world in a whole different perspective in a whole different way. Yeah, it's interesting. I think as humans, we chase after two things uh, in, in life that aren't guaranteed. We chase after, or there aren't possible, excuse me. We chase after perfection and we mm-hmm. chase after certainty. Both are, are not possible, right? Yeah. We're never going to be perfect and we're never going to be certain about life. I mean, just things happen. And I think if, like you said, if we could just spend time focusing on what we have accomplished, what we are grateful for, what we do have in our lives, instead of just, you know, going to the default where we're spending time on all the stuff we've done wrong, yeah, we will get a lot further along in life. And I think, right. and I think what happens is, is I just, I don't know why, but our brain is just hardwired to just constantly put ourselves down. You know, our brains are hardwired to, to, to find everything that's wrong. Yeah. Right. Because it wants us to survive. So it's, our brains are looking for the things that are wrong with us, with our day, with our lives, with our business, you know, and it wants to protect us. So that's why you get scared to put yourself out there. You get scared to try something new. You get scared to try a new business. We're all scared to fail. Like our brains are wired that way. And, but once you know that, And you're like, okay, so our brains want to go towards survival and everything that's wrong and reminding you of everything that's wrong. It's like, okay, I get that, but we don't need to survive right now. You know, right now it's like, now I'm in a space where it's like, okay, no, I want to thrive in my life. I want to try new things. I want to start a new business. So you have to practice shifting your mindset to that that perspective. And, you know, even I wrote it down last night, I'm waking up every morning I'm actually going to write on a huge piece of paper and to remind myself, you know, think of the highlight reel, start your day by thinking of your highlight reel and instantly, you know, put my mind in that space of like, no, I can do this. I've done it before. I can do it again, whatever it may be. You know, I, yeah, I think, you know, if we focus on our, the highlights of our life and, and all we've got going for us, you're going to step into the world completely different than that. Than if you focus on everything that's going wrong or that's gone wrong or that we don't have. Yeah. I mean, a tagline that I've used for my own life and just with my clients and just in my messaging has always been to focus on how far you've come and not how far you have to go, because it's easy yeah. to focus on how far you have to go. But what's challenging is looking at yourself in the mirror and acknowledging like what you have achieved yeah. because as, as humans and with social media and even being in the personal development space, it actually, I think makes it a lot harder because we're mm-hmm. seeing people grow. We're seeing people succeed. We're seeing people launch a podcast. We're seeing people speak yeah. on big stages that the comparison trap is super easy to fall into. It's so easy to fall into. It, it really is. Even, I mean, even having the accomplishments that I've had, right. Of, of really checking off my biggest dreams and goals, speaking on stage with Oprah, writing a New York Times bestselling book, or, you know, snowboarding in the Paralympics and winning medals. You know, I still now, now I'm at a spot too, where I'm like, okay, so what's next, right? So what's next. And then you see everybody else accomplishing their dreams and goals. And you're seeing it every single day on social media. Meanwhile, I also have a massive injury. So I have major setbacks that are like, 
they've been going against me this whole time. It's like, it, it's been a bit of a struggle because it's like, I want to keep moving forward. And yet this, this, this injury has, has almost just kept, you know, pushing me back. And I'm, I'm constantly kind of fighting that. And it is challenging and, and seeing other people succeed and grow. And I'm like, you know, like I want to be in on this right now. At the same time, you also have to really pay attention to where you're at right now and the season that you're in right now, because you may not be in the season right now of, of, thriving in your podcast or whatever it may be. You may be in a season where you need to take a step back and really take care of yourself. And that's something that really hit me this week as well. My husband and I went to Antigua for the week and had a vacation. And typically when I go on vacation, I actually get really inspired to do a lot of work. I'll want to start, you know, a new project of some sort or new branch in my brand, whatever it may be. I get I I never really relax. I get so inspired as soon as as I do relax to, you know, grow my brand somehow. Right. But this time I, that didn't happen this time. I actually realized, you know, I could spend my energy on all these outside things, chasing new things, or I can put my energy into building my foundation, which is a little rocky right now. I've got an injury and I, I, all that matters is that I get strong and healthy and fit again. So my energy needs to go there. And like my husband and I, we had an argument and I'm like, you know what? Like we, when have we really put work in our relationship? Like really worked at it, like seen a therapist or whatever, like use new tools to communicate better. Like let's focus our energy on that, you know, nutrition. It's like, I want to, I want to eat better. Let's focus our energy on that. And then, then down the road, you know, add on these extra external things that we could be focused on. I think we just sometimes kind of forget the core foundation that that needs to be strong and in place. And, you know, and that foundation is like our health and our mental health and, you know, what we're doing every day to feel good. Like we think, oh, if we have a big podcast or whatever, that that's going to make us feel good. But what's going to feel really good is, is, is being physically fit and strong and, or healthy, you know, and reading what you want to read. I guess for me, I, I want to read more. So I'm like, okay, I need to read more. Like that's going to make me feel really good. And all these things that feed your soul and that feed your body so that you can have a really strong foundation is to me more important right now than chasing these external dreams, you know? Yeah. External validation is fleeting and it, and it goes yeah. away very fast and you always have to keep chasing more and more and mm-hmm. more and more and more in order to kind of fill that cup or f- get your fix, if you will. Right. You know, and, and, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that, that you kind of have talked a little bit about, but I guess haven't fully gone into is like, you know, you lose both your legs, you have this kidney transplant, you lose your spleen, you think you're, you know, pretty much going to lose your life. And then you have this massive comeback you end up getting um, into Paralympic snowboarding and you went to, or you, you almost went dancing with the stars. You write the book and you do the amazing race. And then a couple of years ago, there was like a something that an injury or something with an artery where you were, you pretty much haven't been able to walk in a few years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I injured the artery in my legs. So um, basically my prosthetic. So here are the legs that have taken me so far in my life. 
are really what ended up knocking me off my feet. I did a lot on my prosthetics that I would say the majority of people probably don't do on two prosthetic legs. So, you know, I was snowboarding six hours a day. Then I, you know, walk through multiple airports every week. I was on an airplane like every other day traveling for speeches or snowboard competitions. And then I'd also go to the gym for a couple hours every day. So, I mean, I was, I was not just on my feet all day, every day, but I was really pushing my body to its limits. And, and I was fine with that because my body was very fit and strong and, and my legs were very, very comfortable. So it allowed me to do that. But something that had been happening over time that I, I, I didn't realize how major it was, is my prosthetic had been pushing in behind my knee. So I would, I would feel my calf cramp here and there walking through the airport or working out or snowboarding. And I just kept thinking, oh, you know, maybe my prosthetics kind of just bruising my calf a little bit. Well, what I didn't realize is that it was actually injuring the artery below the calf and, and eventually that artery gave up. So I was, I was traveling, this was March, 2019. I was speaking in Vegas and had a flight in Nebraska to do a speech. And when I was in Vegas, I realized my calf was cramping when I was standing on stage speaking at, to the point of where I had to get crutches to like crutch back to my room. And then I thought, well, you know, I'll get my prosthetic checked out when I go when I go back to Denver, I just had to get to Nebraska to do the speech first. So I got a wheelchair in the, in the airport and wheeled through the airport, got to Nebraska, brought my crutches, actually used my crutches to get on stage. But once again, never once thinking there was anything really wrong with me, just thinking my prosthetic wasn't fitting right. And, and the next morning after that speech, I woke up in excruciating pain I threw the sheets off my leg below the knee was the color of the sheets. It was as white as could be. I could tell right away. My leg did not have blood. So that was the first time that I thought, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me, not necessarily my prosthetic. And so I threw my legs over the edge of the bed. I, I rubbed them as quickly as I could, just trying to get some blood flow. And within a few minutes, my leg kind of looked normal again, but clearly something happened and it was really terrifying. So I jumped on a, a, a flight to Denver and went into the emergency room right away. And, and that's where I found out that I, I, I was diagnosed with a massive blood clot from my, almost my hip, kind of upper thigh down every artery of my left leg. And you only have one major artery in your left leg. You've got one artery, your femoral, that branches into three arteries below the knee. So that entire system was just one big blood clot. And what had happened is I injured the artery behind my knee and it closed. And once an artery closes, that's what causes that blood clot to happen. And so it happened overnight. And so suddenly I, you know, for the second time in my life was fighting to walk again, fighting, fighting for my leg again, really. And so ended up having a bunch of surgeries and arteries are terrifying to mess with, to be honest. There's a reason they lay very deep in your body is they're not meant to get injured. You don't have a backup artery. Like you have veins, you've got backup veins, but you actually don't have a backup artery. And so we, for the last two years, have been just fighting to keep this artery open and keep it flowing. And then actually 
just a month ago, the entire artery went down and that's it. There's nothing else we can do. So basically my entire femoral artery collapsed just about four weeks ago. And, and it was terrifying because I thought, okay, does this mean I'm losing my, the rest of my leg or my leg above the knee? But luckily, you know, the human body is amazing. It is amazing. It really is a miracle. Luckily, when this happened, so you have a, a thigh artery called the profunda, and it, it typically only feeds your thigh. But as soon as this major, you know, femoral system went down, my profunda opened wide up and basically grew like three times its normal size, literally wow. overnight. And it's fully taken over the blood flow in my leg. And, and so it's amazing. So, you know, there's these little things like this that you have to be grateful for as challenging as it's been, as terrifying as it's been. And I've had a lot of rough times over the last two years, even more so than when I lost my legs 20 years ago. You know, people will think that losing my legs was like the worst thing that I've ever been through. And like you said, it's like, it, that was not the worst thing I've ever been through. I'll definitely say what I've gone through the last two years has probably been the hardest thing I've ever been through. And, but even so, there's these, you know, miraculous moments and things that happen, doctors that come at the right time, or my body does something to, to compensate and, and fight. And, and I just sit here and I think every day, like, I, I'm so grateful for this body that has just fought so hard and continues to compensate and continues to figure things out. And yes, you know, my goal and dream is to walk and snowboard again, but you know, I'm also kind of being forced into the moment again, where it's just those baby steps. It's, it's every, every little baby step is a win right now. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm having to kind of take a step back, but then also be grateful again for like these, these little wins that are happening along the way. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the only way in life to stay afloat a part of a part of the, the winning formula i should say when you're going through really tough times is to focus on like we talked about focusing on what you do have being mm -hmm. grateful and then trying to set some small achievable goals that you can just knock out step by step right and and i gotta imagine this has had to be massively disappointing for you given how hard you worked Mm -hmm. to be able to, to walk again, to be able to snowboard and do everything that you did with your prosthetic legs to now see that the one thing that, that helped you was now hurting you in some mm -hmm. way. And, and so I'm sure that that kind of was really painful for you to go through on so many, so many levels, but I mean, you're like the, the comeback queen, if you will. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I heard you say you were in the hospital for one of your surgeries and you like released the trailer of your podcast and <laughs> Like bouncing forward, which ironically is kind of what you've done your entire life is you've just bounced forward and bounced forward like right. one setback, bigger comeback, one setback, bigger comeback. So for people listening to this and when you're in the thick of it, and I know it's hard to see that, you know, Amy calls it your, the detour becoming the destiny. I know it's hard to see that, but it really does. Mm -hmm. You just have to be patient. You just have to know that whatever you're going through right now, it's, it's just meant to happen. And it might suck. It might be hard. And it, sometimes it's really tough to swallow that pill because- mm -hmm. The circumstances can be very challenging, but if you fall into that victim mindset and you start spiraling down, you pretty much guarantee yourself to stay in that same detour and stay stuck in the mud right. for quite a long time. So how have you been able to 
I mean, other than perspective and other than, you know, shifting this into something positive for the podcast, how have you been able to maintain your sanity with COVID, with all the surgeries, with launching mm-hmm. a podcast? And I'm sure your finances being affected with not being able to travel and speak. Like, how have you been able to manage all this? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's actually been very, very interesting as far as, okay. So I, I believe that the more flexible you are to change, the more successful you'll become. Right. I think right. the most, I think the most successful people in the world are the ones that can face adversity and, and use it as an advantage. And I feel like this year is a prime example of that. So for me, for example, I mean, when this injury hit, it, it stopped me from traveling and speaking. And that's, you know, where I make the majority of my income. However, because COVID hit, it moved everything online. So actually I've been able to work while I'm going through surgeries. I've been able to do, actually, I've been able to make more doing less this year because of COVID, because everything shifted and I shifted with it, right? Suddenly I needed to shift my business online. And so being able to do that has actually allowed me to use this adversity of COVID to an advantage. And to be honest, I mean, I, I think there's there's these kind of fruits of COVID and, and one of them is it is making us work more efficiently than we did before, you know? So So anyways, for me, once again, it's kind of looking at just looking at how do we use this? How do we use this adversity actually as our ally? Like what can we learn so that we can come out stronger on the other side? And, you know, we're all being forced to learn something right now. We're all being forced to step away from the world and the life that we knew and do something different. And you can either sit back and wait for the world to open up and wait for opportunities to come to you, or you can shift and create those opportunities and create a new reality for yourself. And so I feel like that's what COVID is actually giving the opportunity for all of us to do. And now, believe it or not, I, I did a live speech last week, the very first live speech I've done in a year. And it was interesting because, you know, when COVID hit, I thought, I had to cancel my entire year and, and it was hard because I was traveling all over, but I was still doing surgeries and all this stuff too. I was kind of balancing it all. And all I wanted was to get back to how life was. And then I did this live speech the other day and it made me realize I actually don't want to be doing what I was doing before traveling every single day all over the place. Like I, it's nice to be able to be home and work from home. So now you know, just putting more energy into being able to be home. This is what's allowed me to go through surgeries this year and continue to work and continue to, you know, move forward. But yeah, I mean, outside of that though, yes, it's been an extremely challenging year and it's challenging. You know, I, I felt like I was on a roller coaster when it came to this injury. I felt like I was on a roller coaster that just never ended. And and as soon as it would, it would come to a stop and I'd take my seatbelt off. And then all of a sudden it would take off again. You know, all of a sudden I'd have a setback and need another surgery. And so that part has been exhausting to be honest, but also it's allowed me time to be home and be with my husband and strengthen our relationship and our love for each other and our support for each other to know that we're together unconditionally and we love each other unconditionally has been a huge blessing that 
that when life was normal and good and, you know, I, you're traveling and I never put that much energy into my relationship. And now I just realize how important it really is and to be here for each other. And this is all stuff that I've learned this year through this injury and through COVID. So once again, it's like, I think, you know, I've really just wired my brain to reframe, to constantly reframe. Doesn't mean I'm not experiencing the downsides because I, I am. It's just, I don't stay there too long. I, I go, okay, this sucks. And this is what I'm dealing with. And it might be terrifying, whatever it may be. But then, you know, then a day later, I, I kind of force myself to focus on A, what's going right, what can I build on? And what can I do with this? How can I make this challenge into something that can help me get to where I'm at? How can I grow from this? And, you know, I, I did a TED talk years ago all about using our obstacles to get ahead, pushing off of them, you know, not not having them as a barrier, but actually having them as something we can push off of. And I still believe that that's something that I learned 20 years ago through everything I went through. I would not have gotten to where I'm at today or had the experiences or the accomplishments that I've had in my life had I have not lost my legs, had I have not faced some of the greatest challenges of my life. And now going through another challenge between COVID and injury, you know, I have to think that way again, like think about how can I use this challenge to grow so that I can actually become even stronger through this and sometimes that's all we can do. You know, you can't change your circumstances. I can't change the fact that my leg has gone through so much and, you know, I, you can't always change the things that happen to you, but you can really decide from this point forward, you know, what kind of life do I want to live and what little baby steps can I take today to get there? And that's, you know, that's all we can do, but that's all we need to do. And I think there's a lot to be said for, and I, I talk about this a lot, is is building these non-physical muscles, like building resiliency muscles, building your faith muscle, mm -hmm. building your confidence muscle. Because, you know, you think about in the gym, if you're, you know, lifting weights and you're getting strong, when you're picking stuff up around the house, things start to become lighter. When you go back mm -hmm. in the gym, the weight that you were lifting months ago becomes lighter. It's the same thing with resilience. Like when you, when you go through hard times, you, you learn to that, that weight on your shoulders when life hits you becomes a little bit lighter. Not that the, the problem isn't big, but it doesn't feel as heavy because you're used to dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And it was funny. You brought up the roller coaster. Like, I think what happens is, you know, life is a roller coaster is going to be, especially entrepreneurship, podcasting, mm -hmm. people are looking to write a book. I mean, it's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And right. I think what tends to happen it, like you have two choices, really. You can hold on for for dear life to that bar in front of you if you're on the roller coaster and scream and be fearful and and panic and and where's that going to get you? You're going to miss out on the ride. You're going to be like, right. wow, I can't believe I did that. It wasn't that scary. Whereas right. if you could just take the other approach, you might put your hands up here and there. You might look to the person next to you and, and smile and just know that things are going to be okay. You build that resiliency muscle. You build that faith muscle. And I think a lot of what, com what it comes down to is, is your habits and the choices that you make. Like, who do you want to be at the end of your life? Like, how do you right. want your story to end? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, with my TED talk, the, the first question that I asked everybody, which this is the question that changed my life forever, which was, if your life was a book and you were the author, how would you want your story to go? 
And I, I thought of that. I asked myself that question when I lost both of my legs and I was laying in bed and I was 83 pounds and I was hooked to a dialysis machine and I felt completely out of control of my life and had no idea what my life was going to look like. But I thought to myself, what if I did have control? What, what would the rest of my story look like? Okay, I can't change what's happened to this point. But moving forward, if I did you know, have control over the rest of my story, the rest of my life, what would I do? Who would I be? What would that look like? And that actually allowed me to visualize a whole new future for myself. I saw myself walking gracefully. I saw myself helping other people somehow. And I saw myself snowboarding again. And, you know, I didn't know how, I just knew that I felt it. I saw it and I felt it. And that's the life I wanted to live. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we have the ability to start today, to start fresh, whatever happened to us yesterday, you know, to use that, use everything that we've learned so that we can become everything that we were put here on this earth to be. Things may look different than we plan or prepare or expect. You have to be flexible to change, but, but we can use each one of these challenges to become stronger and more wise and more in tune with who we are and what's important to us and grow. And that's, I mean, that's what we're here to do, I think, is to learn and to grow and to share really. So it's a follow up on that. Like you talked about, like envisioning how you wanted your story to end and with wanting to snowboard and walk again, this is kind of going to be our, our last question is, like, so now you've, you've snowboarded, you've kind of done the thing, if you will, but was very successful at it. You did dancing with the stars. You did the amazing race. You wrote this book. You've done the Ted talk. Like, like if you're envisioning how your story is going to end from now going forward, like looking back, like what's next for Amy Purdy other mm-hmm. than the podcast, like, what do you see yourself wanting to do? You know, it, it is interesting because I I had this big bucket list and I can honestly say I checked everything off that list. I I dreamed of being a motivational speaker someday. And then I've done that, you know, and I dreamed of like someday speaking at TED. And I always thought it would be when I was like 50 years old and had all these wise things to say. And it, and it kind of happened right away. And then I thought, God, it would be amazing to be on the Oprah show. And now I've worked with Oprah in multiple different ways. And then, you know, snowboarding again, all that stuff. So really, I did have this bucket list that I checked everything off. And now, you know, I, I've actually looked at my life in kind of three phases. Phase one, Amy 1.0 was until I was 20 years old and my life was normal, right? And I had my legs. And and then Amy 2.0 was after I lost my legs, trying to figure out what the possibilities are. Like what is possible? What's possible for me in my life? Chasing those dreams and you know, making those dreams come true. But then exactly at the 20 year mark again, like right when I turned 40 is actually when this injury hit. So now I'm in Amy (laughs) 3.0 and I'm like, you know, do I need to be chasing all those big, huge things? No, I've kind of already done that. You know, now it's time to kind of quiet, not quiet down a little bit, just be more in tune with myself. And, and also I want to be able to help other people chase their possibilities, you know, and just help people through their challenges and be able to believe that they, no matter what circumstances they face, that they're put here for a purpose and they, they, they have a light inside of them that 
only they can shine and, and to use these challenges to get ahead, to use these challenges to be everything we're put here on this earth to be. And so now I'm in more of like a kind of like a, a teaching phase of my life, I think, versus being out there doing all, all the, I don't know, running around the world <laughs> things. Yeah. It's, it's always super fulfilling. I think in my own experience, and I'm sure you can relate. And, I'm, and obviously, I think there's probably people listening to, the, to this that can relate as well. When you're, you go through hard times, you go through adversity, you go through a setback, and you're able to get out of it, bring yourself out of it, and see the light. And then you see other people who are a little bit further behind you on the path, and you're able to help them like walk along in the darkness to get to the light themselves and help them right. like bounce forward, if you will, which also goes along with, with the title of your podcast. Because I, I think at the end of the day, we're always going to be going through trouble. We're always going to have setbacks. We're always going to have challenges. And I think one of the things that has to be a staple in our lives is being of service to other people and not mm -hmm. in a codependent way where you're losing yourself in the process, but just making sure you're allotting some time to, to help other people along their path. Cause I mean, exactly. you're never going to, you're never going to regret helping somebody feel better about themselves ever. Well, right. And I mean, we need each other in yeah. everything we do, right? Like, I mean, there was recently a study done. I think it was one of the biggest studies ever done on lifespan and people who who live the longest and have the best quality of life. And this this study went on for 70 years. It was a Harvard study where they followed people throughout their lives. And people who lived the longest are the ones who had a strong social network, whether it was their community or their family or their friends. Those were the ones that lived the longest. And it just goes to show that we need each other through everything that you know, we go through in life. We can't do it alone. And so to be able to help someone on their journey, you know, why learn things if you're not going to share that knowledge with others so that they can so that they can, you know, find their way as well. I mean, it's also just incredibly fulfilling, you know, knowing that you can help somebody. It might be the smallest thing that you've learned that you think is common sense, but that somebody else needs to hear to help them along on their journey. And that makes all the difference in the world. Knowing you made an impact, you know, you left a footprint, you made an impact, a positive impact. You never know what someone's going through. You never know something you say, something you do, the impact you can have on their life. I remember like one of the things that I will do and then we'll close is like, if I'm having a bad day, I typically, I go to Starbucks every day and <laughs> get off to get coffee. And if I will, if I'm having a rough day, I will buy the person behind me coffee in the drive-thru. I'll just say, Hey, put the rest on by mm -hmm. the person behind me. And one day, you know, and I do this every so often, one day somebody like stopped me in the parking lot because I just had, had pulled over and I think I had a call to hop on and I was just drinking my coffee. And she said, hey, you have no idea how much that meant to me. Like I was having That's the awesome. worst possible day and, and it was like $3 or whatever I yeah. left, you know? You just, but you just never know what someone's going through. And, the, and it doesn't have to be that you can get on social media and you can make a post that you think might hit home with your audience. You could call a friend that you haven't talked to in years. You could yeah. call your parents, like whatever it is, just, just something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most people who suffer through challenge oftentimes are suffering alone because they're not they're They don't think anyone else understands. And so they're going to just suffer on their own and not bring it up to other people that they care about and therefore for not really have maybe the support they need to get through it. So, yeah. 
you know, I think it's important, you know, for anybody out there who's listening that if you're going through a tough time, even if you don't think anyone else relates, I mean, when I lost my legs, I thought it, and like, nobody can relate to what I'm going through. Don't even try to tell me anything positive. You don't know. Cause you've got your legs, you know, I mean, I felt like nobody really understood, but, but at the same time, it's like, I've needed my friends and my family and mentors and a, a strong community to help me get through some of my most difficult days. And we, we need each other. So, you know, you're not in the fight alone, even though it seems like maybe other people won't relate. We all relate to challenge. The longer we live, the more challenges we are all going to face and the more stories we're all going to have. And, and it's not about avoiding them. You know, it's, it's about getting through them as strong as possible and being able to use them to basically lead us to our next step forward in life. Absolutely. And I couldn't think of a better way to close than that, Amy. Amy Purdy, this has been awesome. And I think obviously people who are listening to this are going to be inspired by your story. They're going to want to know more, whether it's your, your TED Talk, your book, or they want to listen to your podcast. Where's the easiest place for people mm -hmm. to find you? You know, the easiest place is probably my Instagram. That's where you see everything. That's where I, you know, I share the podcast. You know, you can also jump over and listen to Bouncing Forward as well. But yeah, I'd say Instagram. I try to reach out and stay really connected to my community. And I'd, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to hear from, from anybody out there. Awesome. Well, for those listening, one of the things that I like to ask is to take a screenshot, tag Amy at Amy Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y girl, G-U-R-L, right? Yep. On Instagram, tag myself with a takeaway. Maybe it was something that hit home with you with her story, something that was really inspirational, something you didn't know. Maybe it was something you're going to apply to your life when it comes to perspective, building resilience, whatever the case may be. We love to hear from you. We would love to hear feedback. Go check her out, check her podcast out, buy her book and mm -hmm. watch her TED talk. You're going to be quite inspired. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we'll see you next time.